Education. I'm Matthew Shea. With me today, as always, it's me, Courtney Belolin. Hi, Courtney. Hey, Matt. We're on to part three of our series. Part three and something else. Let's do the something else. Something else is very special today. Oh That's right. We just talked about this. So go ahead. You talk about it. Well, we've been on the air for a year. It seems like yesterday. We started and had to re-record <laughs> that first one because we didn't know what we were it doing. It took us so long. It was like a good three or four hours. <laughs> yes, it was. And then I had to edit the whole thing yes. because it was so goofy. And I'm like, this podcast is never going to last. It takes too long. Now we can bang these right out. But one year. One year. One year ago, uh, pretty much this week, I think, is I what th- it yeah, was. Yeah, this so. week. And our very first um, show icon, we did not have sunglasses. I know. We quickly changed that yeah, one. Yeah. You quickly changed that. I quickly that. changed that. Made it way cooler. It is way cooler. Uh, so one year. Yeah. Happy awesome. anniversary. Happy anniversary. All right. And since then, we've made so many cool things, like limiting us to talking to only 15 minutes. Yep. That was our biggest one, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I think the jury's still out on that. I miss, I miss some of the other stuff. Well, we can always have bonus episodes. That's true. All right. So... Uh, we're in part three of our series, as we just talked about, about continuous flexible grouping. Yes. So uh, let's start with what What does that mean again? Continuous flexible grouping. Yeah. It's the ability for learners to move into learning groups that meet them in their zone of proximal development. Okay. So with that, we said we are on part three, so we've had uh, two previous ones. If you haven't listened to them, yep. go back a little bit because we're trying to focus on something a little bit smaller that has to do with this. Each time. Each time. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know how many installations are going to be in this Yeah, I don't series. know. I, I assume there, there might be a couple more. but At uh, least. But at least, right. So we, and we might continue it later on. But for now, we're on three, and today's topic is going to be about Pre-assessment. Pre-assessment, right, because once you group, so last week we talked about kind of like the initial grouping, like Mm -hmm. the first massive grouping you do, and you really only end up doing, if you do this well, I think you really only end up doing like a massive grouping once, maybe two times a year, because it just kind of ebbs and flows naturally. But sometimes things get a little muddled and you have to stop and kind of reassess. So once you have learners in groups, that's it, you're done. And that was nice. So we'll see oh, wait. No, there's got to be more to it than that. No, there's more to that. But... Right. So we're talking about the pre-assessment a little bit. Yeah, pre-assessment. Okay. So, and I guess why do we pre-assess? And we, we pre-assess to figure out what kids know, right? Right. Well, because it's like the zone of proximal development is like multi-layered, man. Oh, boy. Like first you have like those general groups, but then you can't assume that let's say you've got a group of 10 kids that all of those 10 kids are in the same place on that particular target or set of targets or topic. Right. You really got to figure out what their foundational knowledge is, what their complex knowledge is, even though they're in the same group. Yes. They're still going to be varied. Yes, they will. So let's try to figure it out so we don't bore kids, right? right? 
or frustrate kids. Right. We talked about that last time a bit. Yeah. Is that we don't want kids waiting for their peers to catch up or we don't want kids kind of just sitting there while their peers go ahead of them. Right. And even if they're in this sort of the same group, that can still happen. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's pre-assess and try to figure out why. So, so I was looking, I was Googling some things, trying to actually prepare for the podcast. I know it doesn't happen often. So I saw this one that I really liked. It was about there are six traits of quality pre-assessments. So well, let's just try to walk through. Hey, them. that's cool. I was I was thinking through. I'm like, huh. What 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 do I think are like the good qualities of a, of a solid pre-assessment? So let's see what these. Let's see if they're about the same. Let's see if they're the same. Okay. So yeah. the first one it talks about being focused. Mm. And uh, pretty straightforward. It says pick a reasonable size topic to pre-assess. A unit is too large. Huh. We kind of talked about that before, right? That we don't want like a 17-page pre-assessment. We want it to be focused on. A few learning targets. A few learning. Okay, see, I can go with that. In my mind, perhaps because I've been in this type of system for so long, when I think of unit, I think of only three, maybe four learning targets. Right. And I actually feel like if you have no other tools in your tool belt for pre-assessment, the end of unit test is not a bad place to start. Exactly. Exactly, because that's usually right. not that long. Right, right. A exactly. Month, month and a half. Yeah, right, 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 right. So that's that's a focused chunk. So I like that. I like that. All right. Focused. Yeah. One for one. One for one. Yeah. All right. The next one, be quick. Yeah. Keeping it focused, nice and quick for you and your students. Uh, it doesn't really give a, a particular question level, which is good. Mm. But it shouldn't be something that takes an hour and a half either. Right. Oh, I like this line right here. It says students needn't take a forty-question unit test. To show they can add decimals. What? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, what's the minimum? Yeah, just quick. Get it done. See what they know. Which leads into the next one now. Yeah. It says, on the other hand, you need to be comprehensive of what you right. want. So, you got again, go back to learning targets that you're actually pre-assessing on and make sure they're all hit. But you don't need, let's say you're doing a math pre-assessment in the decimals, for instance. Right. You don't need 15 questions about no. decimals. You could knock this off. Uh, this one like actually three? gives it. Yeah. This one gives it five questions with five different things to do, and you can easily nail exactly where they are. Right. So it's it's really simple. There's some addition, some subtraction with multiple decimals on there, but you don't need three examples of the same thing. No. You that you don't. can get it in one, and if they don't get right. it, that's where you focus. Yeah. So I, I like that one too. I do. Be like quick that. but comprehensive. Uh, the next one is built on existing materials, and this is one that that gets overlooked oh, yeah. sometime, right? That we want to we want to pre-assess and we want to figure out where we are. Usually the, the resources that we use, whether it's a textbook or it's an online or something, they always come with all these ancillary materials. Right. Use them. Use them. They're yeah. good resources. Yeah, we do kind of toss those aside sometimes. So I, mean, I know I always did. Yeah. But if you're going back, it's a, again, it's a resource. Use it. Another one is guiding. That's the next one. And it does say, and I like this one, where it says it should do more than separate your class into two groups, mastery and non-mastery. So it really narrows down the particular questions. Yes, it, yes. Which, you know, this way you can you can focus in on exactly what a kid knows and what they don't know and what they need help right. with. And each one might be different. It's not just you passed, you guys didn't pass, now I right, have Right, that's groups. not useful, right? No, you need to know what are the, what are the foundational pieces that are missing or that they all have, and who's already at mastery, 
who's ready. Yeah, that's that's a really I like that. I did like guiding. that one too. So like I think about um, so we've been talking a little bit about math. Oh wait, no, you know what? Finish. I see what the next one is, and like finish, and then I'll talk. about Okay, it. Yeah. so the last yeah. one talks about being sensitive. Uh, and this one I didn't quite get at first, but it's, it says, you know, it says most students won't even pass a pre-assessment pass in quotation marks for me. Yeah. Uh, because if it's new material, they shouldn't know They it. shouldn't know it. They might know some foundational. They might even know a target or two, but probably not. And so you need to explain to your, to your learners that this is not like a test that goes in the grade book or anything. This right. is just, just trying to figure out what you know and what you right. don't know. Right, 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 and then we're going to move forward from there. Yeah. And that's something we may overlook sometimes, is that if, you know, if you, it's not like giving a real test to your kids. No, it where isn't. Where it's like you're trying to figure out what they've already known from, from what you've, you've taught right. them over the, the, the unit. This is what they know at the beginning, and it's probably nothing. If you're grouping correctly, it's probably nothing to very little. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and that's fine. Right, that's, that's true. That if means you're, you're grouping like, correctly. Then you're, you've got it. Yeah, yeah that means you're doing it well, but yeah. you need to tell your students that, especially right. the kids who always do well and now they're crapping out on a test. Yeah. Um, it's because you we you don't know anything about it. So right. why, why would you expect to do good? Yeah. So so go ahead. You, yeah, why? Um, I, these are really, all. Of, I agree with all of them. They, I think they hit everything I would have had to say about it. Um, <clears throat> and we all know it's about me, so <laughs> that's good. We're coming but, to that momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while Courtney's laughing, so I Google this other one. Oh, my goodness. And there's a thing here, and the title is cool. It's called Pre-Assessment, a Key to the ZPD. Hey, I was uh, rhyming way back then. I think she just gave it away because I did. this it's was me. actually Courtney's <laughs> article from like four and a half years ago. Yeah. Before we even met. Yeah. And it's awesome. Thank it talks you. about ZBD. It talks about a lot of the same things we just did. And it's like, oh my God, there's Courtney. There's Courtney. I, I look really different there, though. Thank you. You do. Not really, though. That's you. That's me. That's you. Well, that's good because you got your name on it. Um, so this is at competencyworks.org if anyone is And we'll put links willing, to willing all to of it. these things on here. Uh, it's that, too funny because I was like some of the – as you scroll down the bottom where it's like give the unit test and then anticipation guide or KWL. Like this is about – this is exactly where I was about to go is that it doesn't always have to be a test. Like right. make it fun. I mean, okay, KWLs, whatever. That's like a huge elementary – Thing, but they work. They do work. Things like that work really well to help you figure out what they know. Do those kinds of things. So what is a KWL um, to refresh our listeners? No, want to know, learned. So you at the beginning of any kind of experience, you're kind of like, so let's go with like, um, oh, horses. You know, so what do you know about horses? And then you list out everything that the group knows about horses. And then you say, well, what do you want to know about horses? And this is where it's like you get them asking their own questions. And then um, either every day or once a week or at the end of the unit, whatever, typically like more frequently than just at the end, you add on to what did we learn as you're going. And it's just, but that first column, what, what do we know, can really give you a pretty solid idea of what you have to teach and what you don't have to teach. Now you're pre-assessing them without actually testing them. Yeah. I think that's the slickest way to go, is to figure out how to pre-assess without actually giving them a test. Give them some kind of challenge. Give them, um, you know, do a game. Play Jeopardy. Like, you know, you can do this without just making it this, like, drudgery exercise. 
Um, I think, actually, the other thing I might say about pre-assessments, some, a, a good quality pre-assessment, might be that it is um, open-ended, meaning the kids can go as, f the learners can go as far as they can with the subject matter. Because you don't want to, you know, you, right. you hear what I'm trying to say? Like, you don't yeah. want to um, stop them either. Right. You want to see how, because if they, like, if they know it all, or, like, you know, they knew everything about those targets, well, I want to know what, where is it that they stop knowing? Right. Um, and in our district and in many districts that use the Lucy Calkins writing kits, mm -hmm. they have fantastic pre-assessments. Right. Um, and they're very wide open. It's literally just for each genre, so for narrative, for every grade level, the every unit, you know, every narrative unit, the on-demand, they call it an on-demand. The pre-assessment is, you're going to have 45 minutes. You're going to write a story. Use everything you know about narrative writing. Go. Like, there's a little bit more to it, but right. that's basically it. And then what's really cool, and I think this is true, like if your pre-assessment matches your post-assessment, then you can use it to show growth. And I know we all have SLOs and things like Very this. Yep. So I, I almost said SOL, which... We have those too. We have those too. <laughs> but <laughs> if you have SLOs, you might think you're SOL. <laughs> anyway, yeah, pre-assessment, um, it's essential, but it doesn't have to be drudgery. It can be fun and it can be, uh, it's, it's valuable. You gotta do it. All right, that was great. Yeah. All right, so uh, let us know what you think of this episode. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Eat Sleep Stats. Courtney's at? Um, I'm at Valola C. And the podcast is at P Learn MC. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook. We got this really cool video that we just put up there about how society drains the fun out of living, basically. Yeah, and there's another, and there's another resource up there today about... Uh, Having it came from Mindshift KQED. KQED, yeah, yeah. KQED about um, having learners talk about their mathematical thinking. Awesome. Yeah. Let us know what you're thinking, but otherwise, we'll talk next time. <laughs>